What's up, sons and daughters? This is Sam Jesse, and I am back with the crew from the Locks of Saturday, Robert, Chris, Brett, and the producer, Dom Boltz. Yeah. We are here covering week nine of college football. Week nine. Season is flying by. Big one on Thursday night for the Hokies at NC State. We will cover that one tonight. And if you are going to be in Raleigh for the game, be sure to swing on over to the Virginia Tech Alumni Chapters tailgate event right outside PNC Arena, right next to the stadium. $30 registration, most of that going to the scholarship fund for the Triangle Area Hokie Alumni Club. Should be really fun. You get three drink tickets, free all-you-can-eat buffet with awesome tailgate food. We'll have games, prizes, giveaways. There'll be a DJ. It'll be a great time. So if you're coming to the game, make sure to swing on by to PNC Arena and say hi to us. Records through eight weeks. Fellas, I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty proud of the crew right here. In first place, tied for first, Robert and Brett at 24 and 21 after good weeks. Yours truly, 22 and 22 with one push. Uh, last week, Washington couldn't win it for me against Cal. Chris, you're at 21 and 24. And Ed, with a strong week to 20 and 25. A lot of football still to play. Uh, we'll see who Billy Ray has to buy a drink downtown next year uh, with our winner. Chris, did you ever get that drink downtown? No, to be honest. I mean, at, at this point, it's like the size of like, what is above like a Route 44 Sonic type style drink? Like, like, is there another level out there that I'm not aware of? Like um, the, the drink in Parks and Rec, the, the drink in Parks and Rec where they're like, this is a child size and it's like because yeah, you could fit an size. actual child in it it's like the 100 the 128 ouncer yeah i'm, yes, I'm looking for yes. something like that all, all i know is that if you go to auburn and go to sky bar you can get 32 ounce quadruple drinks those are legal there that should it shouldn't be legal there like it just shouldn't be um but hey if you're an auburn at this fan, you probably at this point at this point the drink that billy ray owes me might just be my last ever <laughs> Like that, that, that is what we're going for. Like it, it, it will end me. That's well, it'll only but get it, better guys. Cause Thursday night, the Hokies are traveling to play the NC state Wolfpack in Raleigh Thursday night, seven 30 on ESPN, Virginia tech, 13 and a half point dogs. The over under set at 40. I'm going to be honest. We'll spend a little bit more time with this one because to be honest, the, the slate isn't great this week. I was really surprised with how big the, the spread was for this game. Weren't you, Brett? Yeah, I actually was pretty shocked just because I think it's pretty obvious that NC State is incapable of playing offense without Devin Weary. I mean, they look like one of the worst offenses all of a sudden in the ACC now. And they're pretty hard to watch. Jack Chambers, you know, it's like, eh, good athlete. He's like, he's like a... 7-Eleven version of Jeff Sims. He's just like not that good. But 7-Eleven uh, version is rough. Is that worse than Dollar Tree version? No, because 7-Eleven, you get like, you know, they have like there's flashes, you got Slurpees, you got your drunk taquitos, you know. Might something might happen. That's you know, fair. It, it's, but he's just not uh yeah, he's just not Jeff Sims. But um yeah, so I mean with the total being at 40, which honestly, not a bad total to bet, to be completely honest. If you can bet, if you don't live in the state of Virginia, um, they're pretty much saying this game is going to be 24, 27 to 10 to 14 range. 
And that's kind of what they're aiming for. And I kind of agree with them. And I think that's why I think I'm going to take the Hokies here because I think the line is actually too big for that big of a total. I think Tech can actually put up more than probably 14 points. If they can, if they put up 14 points, I think they cover the spread personally. I think NC State's offense is that incompetent without, uh, without Devin Leary. And I think their season's over. So I, I, they know their season's over. It's it's toast. So there's all the you can just kind of you can just kind of see it when they're playing. There's like you know what, it's over. So I actually like Tech on the spread here. Don't expect them to win, but I think they can actually cover, um, just because I think there's just going to be no offense. No, in this game, I think I'm leaning NC State. I mean, I've held out hope on Tech for just way too long. I mean, even though I took them last week and they hit against Miami, somehow late they hit. But I think NC State's defense is just too good, and our offense is just too bad. So um, 13 and a half, yeah, give me NC State. I'm really leaning under in this game. I don't think Tech will put up more than 10 points, if I'm being completely honest, from what I've seen the past few weeks. So, yeah, NC State. Yeah, this is coming from a, a current Virginia Tech student who is just numb to the pain at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I've to the brim and pain with this team. I went to the uh UNC game, traveled for that. One of the worst tech football experiences I've ever had. <laughs> I do think that UNC game was probably the low point, it feels like. Because it does feel like they've gotten a little bit better ever since then. Like there was nothing redeemable about that game. Yeah. Sitting in the stands a- watching that go down that defense just really i lost all hope (laughs) sadly so you guys know i am not a virginia tech optimistic fan all the time like i'm not going to say they're going to win every game i'm not that fan i've picked against them plenty of times this year i will pick against them uh, again this year but 13 and a half is just way too massive of a number and i i I think we're thinking about NC State last year as well. And I think that's also what sports books are thinking about. This NC State team is not that good right now. So since Devin Leary went down, they haven't scored a touchdown yet. 13 drives, no touchdowns. And Florida State and Syracuse are okay on defense, but they're not great. So when you're going up against a quarterback that they don't trust to throw the football, I mean, Grant Wells hasn't been great this year, but Tech probably has the better quarterback in this game, and it's probably not close. I mean, this guy's yet to throw a touchdown in FBS, and that's it's not good. Um, they struggle to run the ball again. They haven't scored a touchdown since he got since he started. Uh, another thing to look at this game is Dave Dorn after a bye week. Now, good coaches are really good after a bye week. Dave Dorn in his career at NC State six and six. But since 2017, Dave Dorn is two and four straight up after a bye. And those two wins were against a really bad Wake Forest and a really bad Duke. So give me the Hokies plus 13 and a half. I don't think the home field advantage will be that that much. I think NC State will get up for the game, but it won't be anything too drastic. I don't think it's worth a, a two and a half point swing or whatever. And guys, I'm... Money money line is a thought here. If you're an unbiased better, money line is a thought. Weirder things have happened Thursday nights in the in the ACC. It it has happened. I think the Hokies might win this game. I think the Hokies might win this game by multiple possessions. 
Like, I think NC State's that bad on offense. I really do. Well, Sam. I pumped the brakes. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Sam. I'm in agreement because, I'm just saying. Yes, the 13 a and a half, you, you, you stole my thunder. Granted, I think anybody who looks at, instantly at this game kind of feels the same way. So there really isn't a lot of, like, analysis to it. But my, my, uh, my second bullet point here is Vegas still thinks Devin Leary is the quarterback. That was the explanation for this line being at 13 and a half points. Um, it's the only thing I could think about. The second one was, is while you pointed out the line on Dave Dorn coming off of a bye, I'm usually optimistic on good coaches coming off of a bye. And at this point, there isn't really a track record for Brent Pry. So I have to be optimistic that going from a bye week, that he's going to at least have some semblance of a game plan going into a game against a team who we now know probably doesn't have a lot of confidence in their quarterback to be able to throw the ball down the field. So that just only shortens the field for what they have to prepare for. So I'm, I'm actually bullish on tech being able to cover the spread on those two accounts alone. Um, I'm actually in disagreement with Brett on the line total. I think this is going to be a horrendously ugly football game, which if I'm looking at 13 and a half points, that is even more value on tech at that point. Um, I, I, I mean, it's really hard to see us putting up a big number, but now we also know that it's really hard to see NC State putting up a big number. So when I saw 40 as a very, what I would consider to be charitable over under this game, I think it's going to be disgustingly ugly, even with both teams coming off a bye. Like this is going to be, uh, for our Civil War fans out there, it's going to be like the monitor and the Merrimack. We're just going to be lob tossing just uh, uh, shells at each other <laughs> across the bow. It's going to be disgusting on offense. And to be honest, this should also be the sickos kind of game of the week leading off on a Thursday night. So it's really, really going to set the bar really low in terms of offensive football and just burning my retinas watching this game. But um, all things being equal, if the over-under is at 40 and the line is at 13 and a half, and I know I'm getting a bad offensive NC State team, I'm just taking the value. I'm holding my nose. I'm betting the number. I'm taking the Hokies. And I haven't taken them for the past few weeks. And this is the first time I am taking them um, just out of just complete lack of confidence in the other football team being able to put up points. So uh, I'm going with the Hokies here. So I don't know about you, Irby, but I just couldn't, I just I want couldn't to be see it out there. Also, I definitely think the under is going to hit. I'm just saying based on the line, like what you said, of 40. Yeah, if Captain Under here under forty is going yeah, to say, gonna no, take I, the I, over I, in, in this game, <laughs> no way. Captain no, Underpants over here. We'll, we'll talk about it because I know it's going to come up, but we'll have to talk about this under potentially versus another under. So, yeah. Brett, you have to say which one's going to be the most lowest scoring game. That, that that'll come back up. I, I want to hear your opinion on that. Oh, yeah. Um, my game prediction of twenty four to thirteen does hit the under. So, yes. Um, 24 13 who 24 14 24 13 hokies oh my god i'm telling you i'm telling you it's a vibe all right vibe. i don't think right. i don't Irby. think nc states i have ridden nc state for two years now i do not think they're a very good team when i tell you Irby, they're not a good team right now, they are not a good team right now drive the car back onto the road irby speak some yeah, sense I, into this. i'm supposed to be the optimistic one here um by the way chris uh, with your Civil War battle uh, thing there, that that was an incredible historical reference. I just have to say that was that was impeccable. I applaud you for that. 
Uh, but yes, as maybe probably with every Virginia Tech game from here on out, I love the under. Um, what I've said to people, a few different people when I've been talking about this game, is I've always come back to the same point, which is if neither team scores, the game has to be close. Like this, this is going to be, like Chris said, it's going to be ugly, ugly football so ugly that the casual viewer who just puts on ESPN on Thursday night will turn the game on and say to themselves, wait, neither of these teams is Iowa. Like it's going to be that ugly. Um, I mean, I don't need to get how into how ugly Virginia Tech's offense is. State's offense is really bad. I, I looked up some advanced numbers to try to like explain how bad the state offense is with Jack Chambers in there. But sometimes you don't need the advanced metrics because Sam hit the nail on the head with saying zero touchdowns. Because you can you can trot out all these numbers all you want to, but if you're not scoring touchdowns, you're not winning football games. Um, and well, I will say this because Jack Chambers' PFF pass grade right now is so bad that it's eight points worse than Braxton Burmeister's. So just keep that in mind. Um, so yeah, Tech actually will possibly have the better passing offense because State's receivers have also had their fair share of drops. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think for Tech, if the path for NC State to cover this spread, which again is an enormous spread, it would have to be because Virginia Tech makes a lot of crucial errors. Like, like I'm talking like a pick six and then like, a fumble inside the 15 like plays like that where you're basically just handing nc state points and obviously that's very possible because we have seen the worst possible football be played by the Hokies this year but i wouldn't bet on that um so i think if they can limit those mental area mental errors and not make it easier than they need to for nc state i think tech not only covers but i do think they have a chance to win uh but cautiously because I do think NC State's defense is all around better than Virginia Tech's, um, that State's defense is very formidable still. Um, I think State wins by around a field goal. Like I, th I think the total could be like 17-14, just ugly. It will not be a pretty football game, but I do think there is a chance for the Hokies if they make those plays, right? Like if Daquan Wright doesn't fumble the ball in a long slant route, if Daylon Lofton doesn't drop a wide open 75 yard touchdown pass, if Dorian Strong doesn't drop a pick six, although he probably won't be playing, you know, there are those opportunities there for the Hokies. They just have to make winning plays so far this season. They've made losing plays. They need to make winning plays. All right, let's move on to a team that has no shortage of winning plays or wide receiver threats. The Ohio state Buckeyes are 16 point favorites at Penn state. Uh, this is a Penn State team coming off of a really big, really impressive win against a good, albeit beat up, Minnesota football team. This game will be at noon on Fox. The over-under is 61. Brett, Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes. Um, I'm I'm on Penn State here on the cover. I think more than two touchdowns at home uh, is a lot. I, I really like Penn State here in the spot just because uh, I think – Playing at home is a big factor here. And yes, they went to Michigan, who's probably who's not definitely not as good as Ohio State, and they kind of got smacked around. I get it. Um, I can see why Ohio State might be the pander pick here, but I think Penn State 
for me is the pick here. Being at home, I think they, if, as long as they can control the football, which they can do because they have pretty much three running backs that all could start on major power five comp, major power five teams. Probably they could all start on top 15 teams. I mean, they're ridiculous. So I think if they can control the pace of the game, can control, keep Ohio State off, offense off the field, but so much, I don't see how this can be more than two touchdowns unless they start making some mistakes. So with all that, I just, I don't know. I 70% of the bets are on Ohio State, 50% of the money is on Ohio State. So pretty much it's saying that Ohio State's, people are just going with, eh, Ohio State's looking good. I'll just bet them, you know, just because, you know, how they've looked so far. I just think it's just too easy of a pick. And usually when it comes that easy, it's usually for me, I always feel like I need to hinge and go the opposite way. Uh, the line opened it for Ohio State at 13 and a half. And so a lot of picks went on early to Ohio State to move to 16. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, for the rest of the week. But uh, especially now that it's over two touchdowns, um, well, I guess technically not because it's two-point conversion, but still really in reality over two touchdowns. I think I like Penn State at home to cover by 14. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I mean, looking at the line here, 16 may seem like a lot of points. But, I mean, in Ohio State's game this year, they've been blowing everyone out and playing really good defense, only allowing like 14 points a game. But uh, the reason I pick Ohio State is because I just love C.J. Stroud and Emeka Egbuka. I mean, Stroud's my Heisman favorite. He's who I'm betting on, even with what's going on in Tennessee with Hendon Hooker. I still think Ohio State finishes undefeated. Stroud wins the Heisman. I just feel like in these big games, Ohio State's offense always just seems to show up, put up a ton of points against like important games. So I don't think this game will be any different. I like uh, Ohio State, and I'm also leaning on the over because I think that, yeah, they'll put up a lot of points in this game. Uh, I'm not betting against Ohio State. Buckeyes by a million. Um, they're four zero and one against the spread so far this year. They've covered spread. They covered a nineteen point spread against Wisconsin, pushed a thirty nine point spread against Rutgers, covered twenty seven against Michigan State. They covered thirty against Iowa. I don't see why this will be any different. Uh, Penn State's a fine team. They'll probably go nine and three, maybe even ten and two. But we saw once they stepped on the field with the big boys, Michigan just pushed them around. And one thing we talk about Ohio State, how good they are you know, CJ Stroud, the wide receivers, this team is much, much improved on defense. And they also have the best offensive line in the country. So Ohio state, they're just going to push everybody around this year until they play Michigan uh, Buckeyes by a lot. Also Ohio in the state of Ohio, they need something. They need Ohio state right now. Like Bengals not playing well. Browns aren't playing well. They need it. Sam, they need this. Sam, reporting on the pulse of fandom in Ohio right it's now. Not it's not great. It's a national it's not great. crisis for how Ohio fans are feeling about their sports teams. But um, the Guardians had a great season. <laughs> the year before the year. The year, the before, year before the year. year. Um, I, I am in agreement, Sam. And to me, the other thing that uh, Dom also alluded to, I, I feel like this is like a narrative game for C.J. Stroud. Um, Ryan Day is going to try to put the absolute pedal to the metal in this game and just kind of, you know, the narrative thus far has been Ohio State hasn't played anybody. And so they're putting up stats. CJ Stroud is having an amazing season and no one's talking about him because of Hendon Hooker and what he's doing at Tennessee versus, you know, obviously superior opponents. Um, and this is the first time that Ohio State has actually crossed paths what I would consider to be like a rank 
like solid opponent um, and they're going to be on the road as well. Um, so two weeks removed from obviously seeing Penn State playing Michigan. I've seen them play the best of the best in the Big Ten. And the other thing is, is just that we know that, I mean, I, I feel confident saying that the Big Ten is a two-team league right now between Ohio State and Michigan. I have not seen anybody else in the Big Ten really, uh, I would say, assert themselves of being capable of, of what Ohio State and Michigan are, are putting up right now in terms of just across the board talent. Um, Ryan Day, another one, just as an away team and away favorite, he's 75% against the spread, 9-3-1. and one. This is a 28.5 margin of victory, uh, plus nine points above the average spread value there. And in conference games, he's 66.7%. That's 18-9-2 against the spread with a 28.8 margin of victory. That's conference games. That's Big Ten games um, with a plus 6.9% uh, plus 6.9 point above the the spread uh, average. So they, they are not only just beating Big Ten opponents, but they're beating them badly consistently under Ryan Day. Um, and that's what my eyeballs have asserted, have confirmed when I watch them play Big Ten games. Um, at, at some point, I mean, he's been injured, but they are saying that he's going to be back full strength. I think last week was just kind of like a get him right type game. He came off the field, but they do say he's going to be playing. But, you know, Jackson Smith and Jake is only going to be added to this offense, which is only going to add to their explosiveness. Um, and I, I just think that all this bakes into a blowout. Um, and last but not least, in a betting rule, I do not bet on James Franklin in big games. That, that's just that's a tenant of mine. It's a personal one. I feel like it, it keeps me above board for most of my betting. <laughs> Every time I see um, if you want to go down a peg, maybe not bet on Sean Clifford and James Franklin combined in big games. But definitely I'm just going to fade James Franklin in big games and 15 points. You think it's a big line, but it's not necessarily considering what Ohio State's doing to common conference opponents. So give me the Buckeyes, uh, give me them big. If this was more of a night game, maybe a bigger atmosphere, maybe, but the fact that it's at noon, I think that that's just going to play into the hands of the Buckeyes as well. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, especially, especially about the time of that game because noon and happy Valley is a lot different than 8 PM. Um, granted it is hard to see them get blown out in happy Valley. Cause it still is a stronger home environment and it's usually not smart to bet on it but i'm gonna make the case for that anyway uh i mean my concerns with penn, with penn state lie almost entirely with their defense um i think that they're right now they're the type of defense where they can beat up on like inferior offenses but they're really missing brent pry running the show i'll say that um the only two I would consider above average offenses they've played this year so far were Purdue and Michigan, um, not counting Minnesota in that because Minnesota was missing Tanner Morgan. And like, I don't know. I mean, that's your starting quarterback. So, um, so only two real offenses they played were Purdue and Michigan in those games. They gave up an average of 36 points and 494 and a half yards. Uh, so they are getting shredded by any sort of offense that has a pulse. Uh, and here's the thing, Ohio State's offense is well above average, might actually be the best offense in the country. Um, the fact that you've got Stroud running the show and you've got Jackson Smith, Jigba's finally healthy, or he's getting there, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Igbuka, like all those, those are three like 
will all be first round NFL wide receivers whenever they are eligible. And then you add on the fact that you got Trayvon, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams, like two spectacular running backs. Like this is just, this is going to be one of those all time offenses. I really think that that's possible. Uh, so there's no way Sean Clifford can keep up. The defense is going to get annihilated even at home and Penn state. They've never been known for their strong offense. Anyway, Saquon Barkley's not in that backfield and Trace McSorley's not playing quarterback. Like this is uh this will be over by halftime. I will say one thing about my just defend myself real quick. Cause I personally love being on an Island here, especially going first, like you making your point, then all oh, yeah. of us countering it. Ohio state has not beaten Penn State by two scores since 2015. Just they, for, if there's one team that James Franklin always plays tight, it's Ohio State. They lost by nine last year, 13, which is the largest margin since 2015 and 2020, which there were multiple players missing. And that Penn State team was, that was like the hardest team to watch. And they still only lost by 13. Then they lost by 11, one point one point than they won in 2016. So the one team James Franklin's got, I'm not going to say figured out because they're not beating them, but can at least play tight. It's Ohio state. Granted Ohio state, like you said, has not had an offense like they've had this year in a while, but they've had some pretty dang good ones in the last six years. No, that's a good point. That's a good point, but there's no Brent Pry calling that defense anymore. Oh, I know. I understand that. Well, if there's a team from Ohio that you probably want to bet on as well as the Buckeyes, the Cleveland Cavaliers are playing pretty good right now, and Donovan Mitchell is on fire. Basketball is back, and it's tipped off at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with the DraftKings Stepped Up Same Game Parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a Stepped Up Same Game Parlay today with bigger payouts than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet. That's where all of our lines are from. That's where we go to see the best line movement. And guys, it has the most lines you could bet in terms of alternatives, props, it has more than any other sports book. And if you want a money line, we said it last week, I'm saying it again, Mavericks minus 170 on Christmas Day versus the Lakers. You're going to want to get away from family a little bit. Take your eggnog, take your apple cider, whatever you're drinking at the time, sneak over and watch Luca drop 50 on LeBron's head. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code SOS. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code SOS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's move on to one of the tougher games I think we've had to pick all year. It is a really big game in the group of five. Cincinnati, minus one, traveling to the bounce house to play Central Florida. This game will be televised on ESPN at 3.30. The over-under is 56. Brett, we'll start with you, but there's kind of a lot for a G5 game. There's kind of a lot to unpack. Yeah, tough game to pick here, but I'm going with Cincinnati just because I think they're just, they actually are the better team. They have more talent and they find ways to win. It's just... 
They have the better coach. I think they just find ways to win. I bet UCF once this year against Louisville, and I was advised against it not to not to uh, ride with John Riz Plumley. Plumley, and uh, yeah, he sucks. Even though he's actually looked better in the last few weeks, I will say actually probably pretty much since I bet them, he's looked like a different player. But last week against ECU, pretty much just getting dominated the whole time, the whole game. Uh, that was an ugly performance. Cincinnati's had subpar performances. I mean, they've only beat Southern Florida, who stinks by four. Tulsa, who stinks by ten. Indiana, convincing win, but Indiana stinks. SMU, yeah, you're, they're kind of like a frisky team. You don't know what you're going to get out of them. But they still find ways to win. And the fact that this game is pretty much a pick em, I'm just going to go with Cincinnati and just a better team. Playing at UCF. Yeah, their atmosphere can get kind of crazy, but I'm still just on Cincinnati here just because of the better team. 89% of the money on UCF. Another reason I want to be on Cincinnati. That only makes me like my bet more. I like to fade the public. Well, here I'm going with not much logic, but just a feelings pick. Quick story. Last week I was going back and forth with my buddy from East Carolina and uh, out of spite, I ended up betting a few units on UCF minus five, and they ended up losing outright by like 21. So the bet looked terrible the whole time. US, UCF looked like trash. I know that Cincinnati uh, let up a backdoor cover last week against SMU. They only won by two, but I think Cincinnati is good enough to cover. But I'm mainly taking this pick because I refuse to support UCF for the time being. So for this game, I'll say Bearcat Nation. Let's ride. Last week, uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats were in complete control in Dallas against SMU. And in the fourth quarter, they completely fell apart because of one thing. And it is the one thing that has plagued Luke Fickle in his coaching career. And that is penalties. Because for the third straight year, the Cincinnati Bearcats are the most penalized team in the football bowl subdivision. They are averaging 85 and a half penalty yards per game. That's almost an entire football field. It's ridiculous. They gave up over 100 yards and penalties in the fourth quarter against SMU and didn't cover that spread, which really, really hurt me. But um, one thing is they're a really good team. Defensively, they're just as locked down as they were last year. They have great corners. They have a really good pass rush. They rushed the passer with four, and that's one of the biggest keys to having a good defense is being able to get pass rush with four guys and not just from one dominant defensive end, but from the defensive tackle position as well. They do that very well. Offensively, Ben Bryant. Uh, yes, from that Bryant family. Um, he's good, not great. He misses a lot of easy throws. Last week against SMU, he was 18 of 35. Not terrible, just above 50%, but it was a bad 18 of 35. Also, the wide receiver core for Cincinnati has a tendency to drop passes. They dropped two touchdowns last week. They could have scored 40 in that game, but didn't. I like a little bit of a return to the mean here for Cincinnati offensively. I think they play well. And also this UCF team, Brett, you said it. They, If they play a team with a pulse, they get crushed. And a lot of the offensive metrics for UCF are all skewed because they scored 70 against Temple. And the two losses this year, UCF has scored 13 points against Louisville, bad team, and 14 points against East Carolina, not a great team. So not looking good here. I like Cincinnati to play a little bit cleaner football game, considering they almost lost because of personal foul penalties last week. 
Cincinnati minus one. You're basically betting money line here. If you want to tease it, this would be a game to tease. You could tease it to two and a half. If you want to give them a touchdown, maybe tease it to like four and a half or something. But this is a huge tease opportunity. Let's. Uh you want to hear something crazy about Temple? I meant to say when I was talking about, about beating the crap out of them. Oh, that Virginia Tech started a quarterback at Notre Dame that is now the backup for Temple? No. <laughs> Temple's, three, Temple's three quarterbacks are just – it's like the craziest thing ever. There's Dwayne Mathis, former five-star Georgia quarterback, Quincy Patterson, and then Kurt Warner's son, EJ Warner. Yeah, Kurt Warner's kid starting over both of them, isn't he? As that, a true freshman. Yeah, that is just like the craziest – Three three string quarterback setup I've ever seen. Oh my god! A temple of all places. Let's yeah. uh, let's just encapsulate what I believe the AAC football season has been. And that was that. Uh, 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 the two weekends ago when the uh, SMU mascot horse uh, left a breadcrumb trail of poop pretty much after scoring a touchdown against Navy. Uh, that has been watching AAC football. So when this game came up on the, the 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 docket for what we're going to be looking at this week i just automatically just shut down internally for having to analyze cincinnati versus ucf so that's what i'm going to start with uh basically Tulane at this point is pretty much the only team worth watching in the aac personal opinion because uh, we normally bet on them as the best group of five type conference to watch obviously that title has shifted to the sun belt this year uh, but looking at Cincinnati versus UCF when a straight up bet, because that's what it is. It is a pick Um, I'm in agreement with you, Brett. I am looking at who is the better coach, who is the overall better last few years program. That is Cincinnati. I'm not going to bet on Gus the bus, Malzahn. Um, I feel like if I'm betting on uh, the UCF Knights led by Gus Malzahn, I'm getting like a bootleg version of Gus at Auburn with Bo Nix. And that, that, that's the product that I'm given at UCF with John Reese Plumley. Um, I'm, I'm not buying into that. Uh, maybe if it was a night game and the bounce house was, you know, a little bit more raucous, but it's three 30, a little bit more tame. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm begrudgingly taking what I think is a maybe slightly superior Cincinnati team, but there's no way of knowing because all of their like opponents are all also bad. So I just have no idea. I just know that Tulane is the better team to watch and they're not in this game. And so I'm just going to hold my nose and take Luke Fickle in what is probably going to be some sort of, does he wear the, the zip vest on the road in the heat? Like what does he go to? For, for his optional choice. It's not the quarter zip. It's not some sort of thing, but I, I feel like in the heat of, of central Florida, he's going to have to adapt. He might just stick with it for the bit. Who knows? Yeah. He, he, he's pretty, I mean, he was, he's a, like an Urban Meyer, Jim Trussell understudy. I mean, all they wore was sweater vests and quarter zips. So I don't think he knows any different. Maybe it's moisture wicking. Is there a moisture wicking sweater vest out there? Also, John this Riz- out there. That, that, that's probably more interesting to talk about than this game, to be honest. John Riz Plumley as a bootleg version of Bo Nix is the most fitting thing I've ever heard in my life. Bootleg version. He's like, yeah. we have Bo Nix at home and it's John Riz Plumley. Like that is that is the actual equivalent in this game. You know, I'm actually going to, uh, I think I'm going to take UCF. Honestly, I was waiting to see what everyone wow. was because I really that. had no idea. Like this is, Re- this is a me. Regale I, me. Tell me about how great John Reese Plumley is, Robbie. Tell me. He's he's a great runner. 
Well, he's a D1 athlete. Know, I hope he he's can very, run. He's very athletic. Yeah. You know, it's mainly because he spent most of his career playing wide receiver, but you know, whatever. Uh, great runner. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a lot of arguments in favor of UCF here. I'm just going to take them. I'm like y'all said, holding my nose. I just don't really buy into Cincinnati this year. I think they're skating by, by the skin of their teeth. And I think that that Arkansas loss is looking worse and worse because Arkansas is proving to not be that great. And they did let KJ Jefferson keep the game alive with his legs. Um, so I don't know. I mean, this is probably the toughest road game that they've played in conference, I suppose. Um, SMU is tough, but I do think that UCF is overall better team than SMU. I don't know. I'm just going to go with it. UCF, they're going to bounce back after a pretty awful week last week. It's fun being on an island. I respect it. Yeah, I just I just couldn't stand to see the graphic be all Cincinnati. Well, just now now I it. have to uh, find a UCF logo to add to my giant folder of college logos. But uh, we should have had one ready. Come on. We actually, what you know what that means though is that in the history of Locks of Saturdays graphics, no one has picked UCF. Probably because they're never on our slate. You're the you're the first one. Congratulations to Robert. Uh, yeah, I'll go with the, I'll go with the team that won a national championship. How about that? Oh yeah, 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 and uh, Space U as they call it themselves. All right, let's go to a game. Um, I mean, Hokies can't keep Hendon Hooker off their mind. And it's here so he is. So annoying. We need to let it go. He's Well, he's minus 12 and a half against Kentucky. Tennessee's hosting this game. Um, it's another big game that Tennessee somehow has at home. They have the best home schedule, I think, of any team of all time. This game will be at 7 o'clock on ESPN. The over-under is 63 and a half. Brett, let it rip. I'm so sick of hearing about these guys. They're good. Like, I get it, but, like, Okie fans just need to let it go. Like, just let it go. Like, let the guy eat and shut up. Like, just let him just enjoy it. That being said, I'm on Tennessee here. Kentucky is not that good. I watched them with a, with a half-hurt. I watched them without Will Levis, and I watched them with a half-hurt Will Levis. And they suck both ways. Um, even though Kentucky always plays Tennessee tight and Stoops honestly is one is a good game planner, but I just don't think they have the athletes this year like they, like they did in previous years. Um, Tennessee last week was the perfect week for them to have an FCS opponent because they were able to not have a letdown game after an, after that Alabama game and just keep the machine rolling. And this is, I think, a good spot for them to for them to land against like a Definitely inferior opponent, I think, but definitely competitive. So I'm on Tennessee for two touchdowns here, just because I solely think that Kentucky's just actually not that good. You know, everyone's been heavy on Tennessee this season. I mean, for good reason. They have a bunch of huge wins, 4-0 against ranked opponents. Ranked at number three, which is their highest ranking since, I think, 2005. <clears throat> However think that uh, everyone's putting Tennessee up on a little too high of a pedestal after knocking off big, bad Nick Saban. I think that uh, Mark Stoops is going to come and make this game ugly. Coming in off a of bye week, but there's also the look-ahead factor from Tennessee. They got Georgia next week, so who knows? They might be a little more worried about that game than this game. I don't think Kentucky's going to win, but I think with Will Lattice back, they have a good chance. I think they'll make this a game, and I think they'll keep it close, so give me Kentucky. It's a good point about the Georgia look ahead. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, 
I'm just not well, sold. I mean, this year. picking against Hendon Hooker, I mean, that just makes me feel a little better. Yeah, I I want to like I want to pick against Tennessee so bad. I'm so sick of it already. But I'm waiting till Georgia. People are just too hard. That might be game depending on the line. That might be my game of the year. Ooh, yeah. It's it feels like this is the the oh shoot I faded Tennessee one week too early game because this is a good Kentucky team, but definitely not as good of a Kentucky team as we kind of thought coming into the season. They're averaging less than 27 points a game. A team that's averaging 27 points per game. Okay, what does a good offensive game look for that team? Maybe 34, 37 points per game would be like really outperforming themselves. 37 isn't going to do it against Tennessee. It's just not going to do it. Like they're scoring 50 points a game. They did it against Alabama's defense. They're probably going to score 40 plus. Kentucky's okay on offense. Tennessee's not great on defense. If you look, they're number 114 in EPA per pass and number 113 in echo rate. That's not very good. However, I think even with a bad defense performance and a good offense performance from Kentucky, don't think they're going to be able to put 50 on the board, whereas Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt in this offense can. So I'm going to go with Tennessee minus 12 and a half. I think they win this game by two tutties. Um, I don't love it. Like I wouldn't rush to the bookie to place a bet on this one. Yeah, I don't love it either. I would maybe stay away. This might be one where, okay, you teased – Cincinnati from minus one to minus two and a half. Maybe you tease this one to Tennessee minus nine and a half. Like try to get another possession in there. Um, might be a smarter move than taking 12 and a half. I'm going to do a, a throwback reference here. And I'm going to say that for Virginia Tech fans looking at Hendon Hooker and the national narrative as well, it's, it's going to be like Zoolander and it's Hendon uh, uh, Hooker. He's so hot right now. You know, he's, he's definitely raising his status. Um, I, I'm in agreement with Dom. I feel like this is a trap game for Tennessee. You, you can't avoid the fact that you're playing Georgia next week and going into this game against Kentucky, who is a classic uh, version of a muck it up, ugly team. Um, and at this point, you know, they would be probably closer spread if they hadn't lost that South Carolina game, which they didn't have Will Levis. Um, and that, that's a disappointing Lost to swallow, but it prevents to me presents value in this game because they're favored to me uh, laying at this point, Tennessee having to lay almost two touchdowns. Um, and this line started at 13. So it shows there is some value in the public and, and probably some savvy betters betting on Kentucky in this game. Um, Kentucky just, that's what they do, especially since 2018, when they really, really got rolling as a program under Stoops. Um, they just basically muck it up in the SEC um, I never know why, but they just do. So to start for the season, the under for Kentucky has hit at six and one already this season. Um, so they're already just playing to what we know them to be. Um, and so it's, it, it's already a brand of football that they have. Um, and you combine that with since 2018 um, under Stoops, they're 12, five and one at 70.6% against the spread with a minus 4.6 margin of victory. Um, and that's in the SEC. So they're already um, able to just play close against, you know, their, their counterparts in the SEC. So those two things combine the narrative um, with just at some point, Tennessee has to come back to earth. I'm going to start fading it at a certain point, and I'm going to fade it when they're starting getting 
two touchdown lines against pretty solid opponents uh, where they're going to have to be expected to perform. Um, the, the one thing that concerns me is just the fact that they have this game at night in uh, in Neyland Stadium, and I feel like they just have the absolute 80s dream of a home and just on the road schedule this season. Uh, but I, at some point, I'm going to have to say that they're going to come back down to earth. They can't go undefeated. Um, and this is a game where Kentucky, I hate taking dogs on the road that I don't think they can win. Um, but I actually feel like there is a universe where Kentucky wins this game. Uh, I'm not going to bet on it, but uh, I'm absolutely going to take plus 12 and a half. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that so many of us are on Kentucky. Um, I guess it's like a 50, 50 split right now. Um, but I honestly think that that's a really sensible pick. And I think that I'm going with that as well. Um, yeah, it, it brings me joy to start fading Tennessee because as fun as that Alabama game was, I think Icarus has flown a little too close to the sun now. Um, and yeah, I mean, you guys have mentioned it We're talking about the Georgia game next week. Like this is a trap game for that reason. Kentucky coming off a bye, they're going to be fresh rested. Um, and granted, I mean, Tennessee basically is coming off a bye too. If you want to count that UT Martin game, but, um, Sam mentioned how the Kentucky offense isn't necessarily great and hasn't scored is scoring on average, like what 27, I think is what he said, but Kentucky's defense is very good and they have not given up more than 24 points in a game all season. Um, and I, I think they'll give up more than that. Um, but I think that making it ugly is really what's going to happen here. I think that, yeah, Tennessee, this is a letdown game. This is going to be one of those games where they're just trying to they're just trying to get that win and then get everybody healthy and really uh worry about going to Athens next week. I don't think they're really trying to blow anybody out here. And um yeah, so I see like a 31-27 win for Tennessee or something like that. So I think Kentucky covers fairly comfortably. Will be a fun game to watch regardless. Um a lot of former Hokies in this game. Sorry, I'll say it one more time, uh, especially with Tavion Robinson, who's having a good year for the Wildcats. Um, okay, well, we told you guys not a great slate this week, not a ton of big games, and some of the big games that are happening, to be honest, we've covered those teams a lot, so we wanted to talk about some other teams. So for this section of the podcast, it's a choose-your-own-adventure, whatever you want. Rapid fire, who do you like right here? Brett. Give me a uh, random game. Give me a random pick. Uh, TCU minus seven and a half of West Virginia. What the heck is that line? TCU just went, just pretty took care of business against a good Kansas State team. Uh, they've taken care of business pretty much every week for the last five weeks. So I don't really know, understand that line. West Virginia is pretty buns. Um, Neil Brown's on his pretty much this. If TCU goes in and wins by two or three touchdowns, he might not have a job on Monday. So, uh, the writing's on the wall for him, and I think TCU only favored by a touchdown, a little more than a touchdown. It's kind of an insane pick or an insane line to me. Can I make a little joke that I think might actually be serious? I think if what? you take the entire GDP of the state of West Virginia, it still can't buy out Neil Brown. No, probably not. It's a terrible contract. Uh, and then I'll, that's not that's my official pick, but one I'll say one more I really like is Oklahoma State, one, one and a half point dogs at Kansas State. I think they're I think they're better than Kansas State. I think Oklahoma State's better than TCU. So love it. Dom, hit us with All one. Right. 
Yeah, rapid fire. I like Syracuse minus two and a half against Notre Dame this week. I think Syracuse is looking as good as they have been in a long time. And I think Notre Dame probably looks the worst they've looked in a long time. If Syracuse closed out against Clemson last week, then the this line would probably be like 14 points. So I think that Syracuse will definitely win by at least a touchdown against Notre Dame. In the dome. Yes. The hornet's nest. Which I don't believe is called the carrier dome anymore. It's not. Mm, it still is in our hearts. Um, Chris, you'll like this one. This is a terrible line. Southern California minus 15 and a half at Arizona is such a winner. I mean, what the heck are we talking about? Arizona has given up 49 points in three of the last four games. USC's defense, not great, but better against the pass than they are against the run. Arizona can only throw the ball. I love USC here. I think at least by 17, uh, not a hard, not a far things you're looking for in the pac 12 Um, quarterback matchups. Are they playing a really electric quarterback? Jake Delora, eh, he's okay. He can put up points, but he's not great. Is it a far road trip? No, it is not a far trip for USC. Um, give me USC. They're also five and two against the spread this year. They've started Ooh. to outperform the metrics a little bit more. So yeah. give me the Trojans. I, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to start by saying I love that all three of you chose those games because I look at every single one of those games and I absolutely love those picks. Um, but I went in another direction. Uh, I love Wake minus four at Louisville. Um, and here's my my hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take. It's probably more of like a lukewarm type take. I don't think Louisville wins another game this season. Um, they play Wake Forest this week. Obviously, they have Clemson and State and Kentucky, but the JMU game as well. I feel like they lose all of those games. Um, and that's the end of Scott Satterfield and Louisville. That is the hottest part of the take is they lose to JMU. Sam, you're, 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 you're convulsing. What's going on? You just slid that one in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to lose to JMU. Yeah, they're going to lose to JMU. I okay. am buying that one as well. Um, anytime I can get a good team, Wake, playing what I consider to be a very bad team or, or at least a poorly coached team in Louisville with a coach on a hot seat, I'm going to take it. Um, this spread is basically a field goal, and I feel like I'm getting I'm, – I'm going to take that bet a, a thousand percent of the time, especially with a proven Wake Forest team in the top ten who's going to try to start – uh, winning and winning big to kind of cement themselves in that top 10 uh, going in towards the uh, latter part of the season here. So give me wake. The public lock, I'll just say real quick, is definitely this USC pick. I've never seen this before. 98% of the money is on USC. Oh, my. Boom. It's a it's a really bad line. Like it, 88% of bets, 98% of the money. I've never seen the public like that before. It's a bad line. That's an awful line. Uh, the game I love, and I can't believe we haven't talked about it yet, is America's largest cocktail party, baby. Florida and Georgia. Florida, 22 and a half point dog. And I am taking it, baby. I love, love this line for Florida. Uh, granted, Florida has been very inconsistent. Anthony Richardson, very inconsistent. But I'll hit you with the stat here. Florida this year, they are 2-0 and against the spread as an underdog. Billy Napier, as a head coach, going back to his time in Louisiana, has covered his last five spreads as an underdog and seven of his last eight. So for whatever reason, Billy Napier teams, especially Florida, seem to play up to their competition. Um, I They are not winning this game by any stretch of the imagination, but 22.5 points is way too many. Uh, I see Georgia pulling this out by maybe a couple touchdowns. 
All right, and here we are to our themed picks of the week. Brett, I'll tell you what, dude. Things are getting nutty around here. Nutty picks are seven and two so far this year. Love it. What diabolical under do you have for us this week? Well, I I will say this. It's pretty... Nobody likes betting unders because they're not fun, but they make more money than overs. It's pretty much a proven fact. They really do make more money than overs in college football, especially NFL. It's like NFL really is 50 50 because they're all the same. Like all the over unders are pretty much the same. But for college football, you usually make more money on unders because kids are stupid. They make dumb plays, dumb decisions that destroy overs. So Granted, I'm betting like the most ridiculous unders you can find just because it's a meme, but it's honestly working out really well being seven and two. This week is no different. Um, that would be Northwestern at Iowa under 37 and a half. This line open at 31. Disgusting. It was 31, which would have been the lowest total point total ever if it held. Like by a margin, I think the lowest before I think I saw 35 or 34, and it was like I can't remember what teams it were. It's 34. Um, also, there is some ridiculous lines out there this week for point totals. Temple at Navy, 40, New Mexico State, Massachusetts, 39, Colorado State, Boise State, 43. I mean, they're uh hold on, San Diego State, Fresno State, 40.5. I mean, there are just some absolutely ridiculous point totals out there this week. And I picked the most ridiculous one. So Northwestern Iowa, it's just I don't have more. I mean, what am I going to say? Northwestern probably bottom five teams in FBS, uh, Power Five, probably maybe the bottom team Power Five, uh, and then Iowa's offense. It's actually like hilarious to watch. Like Tech's offense is bad and painful, but Iowa watching it is actually hilarious. So under thirty seven and a half. Yeah, I'm going to step in for this Southern Fried pick this week. I like South Carolina, minus four against Missouri. I think South Carolina is coming in with a good amount of hype. You know, they've got a win against Kentucky, win against A&M. Now Beamer's gotten – a young Beamer has gotten them in the top 25. So, I mean, I think Spencer Rattler is really overrated, but I think against bad teams he can do very well. He almost likes to show off against bad teams because that's what he likes to do. I don't think Missouri really – has any good wins this year and South Carolina's losses were against some pretty decent competition with Georgia and Arkansas. So I think there's no way that USC doesn't cover four points at home with all the hype they have going on. So yeah, give me South Carolina minus four at home. USC East. Yes. Scar. Can we call him Scar? I like Scar better. I've been raised on USC East. So that's always been my USC. I like that pick. They are playing pretty well. Shane Beamer is, I don't think he's a world beater right now at South Carolina, but they're taking care of the games they need to take care of. This is a game they need to take care of. I like that one. And Missouri stinks. Yeah, they're awful. They're really bad. Yeah. Um. This is, for, for Sam's graveyard shift, this is going to take a lot of effort on the viewer's part And I think you all can do it because at midnight Eastern time, Wyoming kicks off at Hawaii, which is just a beautiful game. Not only will it be an elite uniform matchup in the Timmy Chang practice facility. um, I think it's just a phenomenal opportunity to parlay Wyoming money line 
and the under, which is 49. Neither of these offenses are very good. Wyoming doesn't want to score 49 points. If Craig Bull had the choice between scoring 49 and 50 points, he would choose scoring 49 points. He wants a low-scoring game. They're going to run the football a billion times. Low-scoring, Wyoming wins. This And another reason why this is low-scoring, Wyoming has to travel simply to get to Hawaii 3,320 miles. It is a 10-hour trip. Yeah, the jet lag could be an issue here. Craig, uh, Wyoming 7-7 seven and seven all-time at Hawaii, but this is a bad Hawaii team. They cannot score. Love Wyoming in this game. Don't love them minus 11.5. That's too much, but I do love them money line. Hawaii's playing better on defense, under 49. Book it, book it, book it. If you parlay the two of those on the DraftKings Sportsbook, it's plus 134. The Pokes. That game will end at 3.30 a.m. Sam, Sam, I would have to freebase caffeine directly in order to stay up willingly for that game. So I commit, like, hats off to you for, for I, I, God, I look God forward to. his toughest battles I, to his strongest shoulders. <laughs> I look forward to refreshing my Twitter You're choosing feed to at do like, this to yourself. Sam, like, like Saturday morning, excuse me, Sunday morning, I'm going to refresh my feed and it's going to be Sam's last tweet was like two hours ago. That's like, that. that's what's going to happen. That's the reality. Like lamenting some last fourth quarter, like thing that happened in the game and that nobody watched, but you. I'll live tweet. If I'm not working at the time, which I very well might be, I will live tweet the game. That is even more commendable. So hats off. Thank you. Thank uh, you. For the captain's pick this week. Um, and so just, I'm going to put it out there. The, the captain's pick has been terrible. Like take Brett's pick and inverse that. I have been awful against the spread in the captain's pick this week. I've been trying to search for an angle. It hasn't worked. And so what I just figured is, is why not use my awful pick for good? Let, let, let's try to use this to try to will what we want to happen as Hokie fans into existence. And so therefore I'm taking UNC minus three versus Pitt this week. Um, Great and pick. so I figured why not put my gambling curse to good by picking against a team that I want to see lose. And so that's my logic this week uh, on paper. It's a crazy line. If you think about it, UNC is a six and one football team. They're hosting four and three Pitt. It's reportedly a sellout. I don't know what that means at UNC, what a sellout looks like, uh, if it's a sellout of Miami, it's a bunch of teal seats. Uh, maybe it's a bunch of uh, powder blue seats in, in Carolina because I refuse to call Carolina blue. It's powder blue. Um, Drake May under the lights. I don't know what that is yet, but um, if, if he's going to try to like find his way to New York City, he's going to have to perform in this football game. Uh, Pitt is absolutely the mediocre football team that we all picked against in the over-unders podcast. Uh, for them to be um, so they're at four and three I, I think this is like a one of those scheduled losses uh, that we can probably chalk it up to right now um, and the field goal line at this point thinks that from Vegas's perspective that these teams are even and I don't think that they are I think Pitt is much worse um, and so we're going to put that theory to test with my picking UNC this week um, so UNC should win this game by at least a touchdown plus um, and I'm telling our listeners to stay tuned because if Pitt covers or even worst case if Pitt covers, but UNC still wins, then my pick is officially like it, whatever my pick becomes, it becomes, if you bet the opposite, it's the free money pick of the week, Irby. Like that, that's what it turns into. It's like, take my pick, inverse that, it's the free money pick of the week. So that's what I'm going to have to go for. So 
take UNC this week begrudgingly, uh, but we're going to test the theory here this week. So go over to you, Herbie. Yeah, I uh, I can't understand that line after that Louisville loss. Uh, speaking of Louisville, uh, Chris, you actually mentioned this earlier, but that Wake Forest line, I am all, all over that, especially because it's actually gone down to three and a half, which is crazy. Uh, this I don't understand why. Maybe it's the public. I don't have the data up, but this the same thing happened with Florida State, where the line just kept moving more and more towards Florida State, and then Wake Forest like dominated them because Wake Forest is a dominant team. Like this is an awesome, awesome football team. Like a great offense going against an awful team in Louisville. Like I just don't get that. So I'm gonna. But the free money is also seven and two. Uh, in addition to the nutty pick. Free money is also doing great. So I'm going to oh, step it up a go. little bit. Yeah, yeah. Brett, we're rolling right now. Uh, we're going to turn this into a little same game parlay. We're going to take Wake minus three and a half, and we're going to go over 62. And I love that because Wake is probably going to score 50 by themselves. Uh, and Louisville has no defense. Malik Cunningham's a really good quarterback. Louisville will score. They just won't score nearly enough. Uh, and Wake is going to win this one like 52 to 35 or something like that. I think this is, as a college football betting slate, and just as a watching slate too, there's a lot of fun games to watch this week that aren't the high-level games. So you might have to like look at the TV guide and scroll a little bit more on YouTube TV to get the really fun matchups this weekend. But should be a fun time. We're hoping the Hokies can put things together on offense and get the first big win of Brent Pry's career. Would be great. Lord help us. Road win against the top 25 team. Could happen. It, it begins Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, I can't either. Um, but also AP voters suck and the AP poll is uh, archaic and irrelevant. Mm. Um, so sorry to all the AP voters that listen to this podcast no no not sorry to them at all not sorry to them they're, they're bad at their job yeah um that'll do it for us this week on the locks of saturday week nine hit us up on twitter at sons of sat vt we'll have all the picks in here give us your picks what's on your ticket for this week robert sign us off go hokies Burdens on the blurry lines that they drew to make it right